It's the What's Your Opinion Show, our daily talk show focusing on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bodorf and Rusty Nixon. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Guess what day it is? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Huh? Huh? Anybody? Listen, guess what day it is? <laughs> oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Huh? Guess what today is? Huh? Hey, hey, listen, guess what today is? <laughs> Guess what day it is? Hey, what day is it, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. Anybody? Julie. Hey, guess what day it is? It's Hump Day. Hump Day. Hump, hump, hump day. Hump, 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 hump day. <laughs> Proud. Yep. They love Hump Day. Yep. Yes, and I do too. I know. It's kind of a downer Wednesday though, with the cloudy skies and the rain coming down. But I did hear on the news that there could be some sunshine this afternoon. Well, that would make a difference. It would because today. Well. It's the beginning of baseball season wow. for us. Sound more excited I than I think about this. Like, take me out to the ball game. Take wow. me out to the park. You got skills. Yeah. We you got lots of skills. We need that music. You know, like to. Oh, well, do you really want that music? Because <laughs> if you do. You, um, you don't really have it oh, yeah, I do. prepared. Well, I don't have it prepared, but I've I've got it. Um, where is it? Bum, 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 bum. Baseball music. Bum, 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 bum. It's you in know here that's someplace. the one thing about going to the baseball games. In between innings, there's always some cool music playing at the park. You think? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much kind of like stuff that I like. Of course, I think John Scott and I are closer in age than I thought. Yeah, he's just a... Yeah, you might actually... Uh, no, no. He, he's, he's a uh, little bit older than me. He's... Uh, but not a whole lot. I was still in school when he started coaching. Really? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I was gone one year. I think he came the year after I graduated or because my brother had him. Um, But yeah, we he was very close to... Uh, yeah, close he's to, in that uh, age... Uh, He's in that 60 category. Yeah. Um, That's where I am, so. You know, it is what it is. But um, this rain is not helping the beginning of baseball season right? for us. So everybody hold your breath until this afternoon, and we'll let you know if we're going to have baseball or not. If if it stops, well, let me take a look. I got the radar up. It looks like it'll stop. Like they a little said. Bit. <laughs> If the radar is right, we should be done with this maybe about noon. Noon? Yeah. 
And if that's the case, and there's a little sunshine, I nobody. If you haven't worked on that field or been on that field, the way that it drains water is absolutely astonishing, and it always has been. So we'll see. This is a night when I'm sure they wish they put the turf in, but um, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. It'll be okay, I think, as long as it stops. If it stops by noon I, I, and we get some sunshine, it'll be, it'll be okay. That's what I heard the weatherman say, and actually I heard him say that it it should creep back up to about 60. Yeah, that so, would be even better. So that, yeah, that we'll would see what happens. That makes it optimistic. So. High school baseball begins yep. today on WTCA. <laughs> Can I use that? I'm gonna use that. I don't. I'm may oh, no. drop that in as, I told the, as him the open. Some, I that, told <laughs> that may be the open tonight. That just is possible. That could be the open tonight. Um, but uh, oh yeah, we got three games this week. I, I'm not sure that we'll be able to shovel the field off in time to play the uh, the other two. But uh, tonight, Friday, and Saturday night. Yep. <laughs> Friday uh, tonight, St. Joe. Friday night is South Central, and then Saturday afternoon is uh, Mishawaka Marion. And so. tonight's is at home. All of them are at home. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um. So because I hated going up to South Bend when Dan played ball to that first game of the season. We always went to this park that seemed oh, like it yeah. was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's not. That's it's one of my least favorite places to go. <laughs> so uh, it, one of my favoritest places to go is right out here in Centennial oh, yeah. Park and Bill Nixon Field. You're so. going to have a lot of chances to see baseball if you want to. Come um, on out. 20 home games, I think, out of 28 games. Wonderful. Like so wonderful. Almost everything is at home this year. I think they play Laporte. Uh, it's the only other non-conference that they play on the road this year. So, uh, well, and then they got that tournament down in well, yeah, but, but that's uh, yeah. uh, But that's much later in the year. But, yeah, that's 20 home games this year, which Ooh. is uh, – and they ought to be – I don't know. Uh, they played really, really well. The other day, Saturday, for the first right, first time out, they looked pretty sharp. Now, granted, South Haven, they were really young, um, and they're a much smaller school too. So, oh, okay. now they've had five pros play in that program, and they've won four state championships. So, <laughs> okay, but so in, there's in something a, there in a small school like that. It's real cyclical. You'll have a great team for four years, and you'll and then struggle, struggle for from, two or three, yep. and then. Because your classes are a lot smaller and there's not as many guys, but um, they, even at that, they look really good, really solid. So we'll see. Tonight will be a test. St. Joe's pretty good. We'll see how that works. And South Central has a couple of really good pitchers, and I think they won their sectional last year. And then Marion, for some reason, is always a thorn in our side. So um, you know. But those are the first three this week. Yep. And we'll be on the air with all of them. Yep. So we'll have them. Brady's tune gonna... in for that, or come on out to the ball game. Bring your radio to the there ball game, go. and then you can listen to to Rusty on the radio as you see it happening on yeah. the field. Yeah, well, then you, you'll see just how far off I am on what really happened. Well, um, unfortunately, there probably is a delay. I don't, yeah, I don't know. If you're on your I radio, know. I yeah. don't know. I think it's pretty uh, close on uh, on tune in. 
Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's pretty close. But I, I haven't listened that way, obviously. Yeah. And um, you're too busy doing the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Braden will be with me again all year. Braden Davidson. Davis. Uh, Davidson. Davidson. Um, he ought to, he, he'll, he'll, he'll carry me. Um, <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll make me sound good. Uh, hopefully, um, I will be smart enough to shut up and let him talk. So. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's it ought to be a fun year, I would imagine. Uh, they got some really good players, um, you know, so it ought to it ought to be fun. Cool. Well, speaking of sports and Plymouth High School sports, last night the Plymouth Community School Board made it official that they have hired a new head coach for the Rockies. Yes, they have. Um, it leaked out last week. By other medias, yeah. not us, but uh, Adam Handley will yes. be the next head coach of the Plymouth Rockies. Yeah. Um, he was at Wabash for the last, I think, four years, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he, uh, he was in last Tuesday, he had a stab meeting. Uh, really? Well, yeah. They, they, uh, he they, hasn't been approved. It had already <laughs> been done. He had resigned, and they. Uh, well, I mean, it was approved. It's just there's the official, the official part. announcement yes. that the school board makes that they have actually, but they, you know, they knew about it, and it's usually. I'm not sure if it's the. I think the school board officially makes the hire, but it would be really, really, really rare when they overturn somebody's suggested and uh, i'm not sure back in the day my dad was there he was he was the one that made the suggestion uh he used to tell me you know they'll probably just let they'll pro they let me pick anything or they'd let me pick any of the coaches except boys basketball and then i'd i'd just be completely out of that process so, <laughs> um and i don't know anyway uh yeah he'll be he'll be coming in and i actually uh, I'm going to talk to him later in the day. We should have him on uh, Coach's Corner on Saturday if, if cool. we can make connections. He's leaving the – he's on spring break. He's actually leaving here. Oh, going. Uh, probably, I think it's tomorrow, but we're trying to set up a time to talk today. So uh, we should uh, we should have a, a first interview with him on Saturday. Well, that's very good. It'll yeah. be exciting for the program to – you know, someone new comes in, and obviously they have different ideas and different ways to do things. So it'll yeah. be kind of fun to see what happens there. Yeah, he's uh, he's a young guy, so uh, you know, a lot of energy. That's uh, it's not a bad thing. Unfortunately, Rusty, when I look at most, you know, some of our coaches out here, they're like all young guys to me. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I I understand what you're saying because because a lot of them I coached. Our football so. assistants are not young guys to me, but Kirshner is still a young guy to me. Oh no, not to me. He was on. I think it was the second team I coached here. So uh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I do have uh, folks. Anybody out there like going to the casino? Well, today is the last day to register for the Plymouth Park Department's first casino bus trip that's happened in two years. So they're all excited about oh, it. Oh, I'm sure. They are taking a Royal Excursion bus 
to the Blue Chip Casino in Michigan City on Thursday, April the 21st. The bus is going to leave from the pool about 10 o'clock in the morning. It'll return about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If you want to go on the bus trip, this first one, at the casino bus trip, is $25 for city residents and $27 for non-residents. And as being the first one of the season, uh, the Blue Chip isn't offering any you know, any goodies to get you there, like, oh. you know, a free buffet or some plain money. Here, You know, you come in and we're going to give you, you know, $10 in plain money. They're not offering you anything special. The park does need at least 40 people to sign up by the end of business today. They're on the, they've got their list going. Um, so if you are interested in going, you can call the Plymouth Park Department at 574 nine three six we all had those two numbers those two sets of numbers memorized hopefully this is the part you have to remember or write down two eight seven six that's twenty eight seventy six and you can remember the first part that goes with it you call the park office or stop by out at the park office in the front of centennial park and let them know and drop off your 25 or 27 dollars so Today is the day. They're holding their breath to get enough people to take this first bus trip, and I think it's exciting. Obviously, if this one goes well, you know, they'll have some more bus trips coming up. So Those have been really popular. Yeah, they have. I also want to say uh, congratulations and thank you. I want to say congratulations to Warm Up Marshall County and thank you to the Plymouth Elks Lodge. The Plymouth Elk Lodge made a $300 donation to help keep needy families safe and warmer here in the northern Indiana winter season. Uh, Steve Kaiser from Oliver Ford said in a press release, Warm Up Marshall County appreciates monetary donations all year long. And this is a program that they have been working on since 1998. And this year they will surpass 17,000 coats being handed out through Warm Up Marshall County. So, you know, that's just that's just a great thing. Right. It's great that the uh, Elks Lodge made that donation, and it's wonderful what Steve Kaiser started here in, in the, the Plymouth community and in Marshall County to make sure that kids, especially, but now adults, uh, you know, right. have warm coats to wear, too. Yeah. I uh, want to let folks know that coming up on Friday, it is the second Friday of the month, and that means it's a brown bag lunch event, and this one is in person at the Marshall County Museum. It's happening this Friday, April the 8th, from noon until 1 p.m. Here is the lesson that you're going to learn. The history of of wet shaving and how shaving brushes are made. Okay. <laughs> you didn't realize that there is like a, a trick to that. And you know what, Rusty? I'll bet you personally would really enjoy if we had a barber in town where you could go in and they would actually use that brush on your face, you know, well, and, and get the foam on there or whatever, well, and then shave it off, So, and then put a hot towel on your face afterwards. It would, 
It would be like heaven. <laughs> Instead, each morning you get up, you stumble into the bathroom and get the get the little plastic razor out, you know. Oh, I cut myself. Um, I've seen too many Bugs Bunny cartoons to uh, ever want to have my face shaved that way. And, oh, you know, and you the, the shaving cream comes out of the can, so you just spray it in your hand and slap it on your face. But this is the old-fashioned way where the shaving cream is actually hard, like a hard soapy thing, and it uses that brush in that glass and gets it going and then puts it on your face so that's what's happening it starts one noon at noon and it should last about an hour you're going to find out from dennis carter the history of wet shaving you know shaving brushes shaving soaps and shaving aftershaves so um it is live and in person and actually, you can call ahead and reserve your seat if you would like to at the museum. 936-2306. That's 2306. If you want to watch it online, you can call Iris or you can email Iris Fry at the Marshall County Museum. It's Iris Fry at mchistoricalsociety.org. So the brown bag lunch. Uh, you know, this is like a little informative talk given primarily by local community members and uh, and then experts on interesting to- topics. They're free. They take place at noon on the second Friday of every month from April to October. Um, and they last about an hour. And, you know, they la- it's over your lunch hour. So they want you, those of you who can leave work at noon, Come on down, have your lunch ready, bring your lunch with you, and and come on in and enjoy the event. Yep. Good. Okay. The history of wet shaving. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, can say it almost sounds... The history of wet shaving. You know what? It's better than dry shaving. I, I got a feeling. I know that everybody uh, that has, that I know who has either had that done or does that really, they like it a lot. So it makes them feel good. It's I would special. probably cut my head off with the straight razor thing. <laughs> uh, just, you know, I wouldn't just nick myself. I'd like cut a main uh, artery whoops. and say, well, think I'm going to do Well, I guess I shouldn't have tried that. Well, see ya. You know, that kind of thing, but. Uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I would. That would be my thing. Is I would be afraid of the, uh, well, of you the know, razor that's, itself. That's why, you know, the professional guy will do that, and he he's not worried about cutting you or nicking you. No, because he knows what he's doing. Yes. See, that's the bottom line. Exactly. I'm, I'm completely incompetent. <laughs> so you know, I uh, I uh, am. Uh, that would scare me a little bit. So. Um, also, uh, have an arrest that we can talk about for a minute. Uh, just before 9 o'clock on Friday evening, deputies with the Marshall County Sheriff's Department responded to an unknown injury accident in the area of U.S. 30 and Fur Road. Um, after an investigation by Deputy Cullen Smith, 32-year-old Christy Henderson of Elkhart 
was arrested for operating a vehicle while intoxicated as a Class C misdemeanor. Christy Henderson was lodged in the Marshall County Jail uh, for OWI on a $100 cash bond. She had to bond it out pretty quickly, I would have thought. Um, the Marshall County Sheriff's Department was assisted at the scene by the Bourbon Police Department. So there you go. Well, you know, the, you, you get this unknown injury accident. That's, I wonder what happens, like, with your insurance and, you know, that kind of stuff yeah. when that happens. Hmm. Um, if I can get this right. Dwayne, how are you? Hey, good, Rusty. How are you doing? I am uh, doing fine. Well, hey, you got Mother Nature squared away. <laughs> uh, but it's raining. Well, but that's spring weather. Well, it's... April, April shower, bring May flowers. Yeah, it's going to snow later in the week, Dwayne. <laughs> There's no snow this week. <laughs> There's no snow hey, in hey, Indiana. I got a for you, though. Reading your report, uh, you've got the Delphi killers are making an ID with investigated genealogy. Genealogy. What's the difference between that and a DNA test? Um, I have no idea. That is, and that's not actually the Delphi murders. This is a cold case that came through the Indiana State Police. It's actually oh, yeah. three I years old or pillars. thirty years old. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. But um, at, uh, at the bottom of that, because I read through and I was wondering about that, um, and I'm talking to a friend. There are when a lot of people do those DNA to find out where they're from. A test they you know they spit in a tube or whatever and then they send it in and they tell you you know where you're from and, and this kind of stuff um they also like if you're looking for someone you can put in your dna and they'll put it into a system and see if you match up with anything well that's what police are using too so um with this one they were actually able to determine because they located a, a family member who had the same, you know, same type of DNA. So they were, they're were 99% sure that they f figured out who the guy was that did these three murders. Oh, okay. So basically it's DNA testing. Yeah, it really is. But the big thing was on this, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy. That they have been able to determine this through DNA analysis. But, you know, fortunately, these he's dead. He died a few years ago. So there's no trial or anything. But it does give those family members, uh, you know, some closure. That they know now that the police, 30 years later the police were actually able to satisfy that murder and determine well, it was, I was done. I happy to see, too, that they got some updates on the Delphi murders for those little girls. Are they close to making an arrest? Or? From what I've, what I've heard, they're no closer than they were. 
So what's the update? That they talked to a guy that was already in prison was the last I heard, uh, but he was not. I don't was not charged or that he's not a suspect for some reason, but. I hadn't even seen that, so I'm looking that at it right now. That was on our Indiana news. It's uh, something about a guy who is apparently sitting in jail. He's been a peeping Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and in that area, so that, you know, they're, they're looking at anybody and everybody. But well, hopefully they get somebody. I, you're right. It, it's time to... To get a determination on that one, that would be wonderful. Yeah, those little girls deserve justice. They yeah. do. All right, well, I just had to jump in there because I didn't understand right. investigative genealogy with DNA. Yeah. It's all science. Okay, well, answer my question. All right, man, thanks. You guys have a good day. You too. And keep Mother of Nature happy, whatever you're doing. It seems to be working. Well, okay. Sounds like, uh, or it feels like summer. Well, hopefully. Just keep the tornado south. We'll we'll try to do that. Good. <laughs> well, I'm counting on you. Well, thank you. I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> Has your wife made it back from Florida? Yeah, she uh, she's been back for... A week now. All right. Okay, well, you guys have a good day. You too, man. All right, Dwayne. Talk to you later. All right, take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Um, let me see. I, there was uh, some a couple more things I wanted to chat about. Just quick, quick, up, quick updates or whatever. Um, tonight, after the sun comes out, <laughs> okay, the town of Argus and Marshall County Crossroads will be hosting a ribbon-cutting ceremony. This is for a stellar project in Argus. Um, they are going to celebrate the official reopening of the William L. Foker Park. The William L. Foker Park, known locally as Pond Park, is a stellar project um, that was supported by a grant from the Indiana Department of Natural Resources, Land and Water Conservation. And the park is located at 137 Pond Street. And at 530 today, they are going to do a ribbon cutting there. Um, and they're actually going to have a few refreshments. So... Come on down. Everybody in the community is invited to that big ribbon cutting event today at 530. Cool. I should be there, and I don't want to get wet. So There you go. <laughs> um, another arrest that we want to talk about. This one was by the Plymouth Police Department. They had to respond to the Comfort Suites on North Michigan Street Sunday night about 1030. This was for an intoxicated male who was a non-guest at the hotel causing problems with guests and hotel staff. 31-year-old Michael E-U-R-Y. Yuri? Yuri. 
Yuri of Claremont, North Carolina, was arrested for public intoxication after striking one officer. During the arrest process, he physically resisted and battered another police officer. He was incarcerated in the Marsh County Jail after being cleared by the hospital. So he was drunk enough that they actually had to take him out to the hospital to make sure that it was safe to put him in jail. Well, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't that's, know that I want to be that yeah, drunk. That's not, that's not good. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there will be some additional charges because battery has got to come in there. On a police officer, that is, you know, big. You do not strike oh, no, 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 a no. police officer no. for crying out loud. So. No. Well, you don't strike anybody. But right. It's dumber to strike somebody who can put handcuffs uh, on Yeah, you. or somebody that has a gun <laughs> yeah. or a taser on their side. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, that's even less bright. <laughs> Um, the last thing I want to mention is there is an event that's happening today or tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, across the state, there's actually this big push to combat texting and other forms of distracted driving. Oh, you mean when you know, driving? Yes, texting I, I and driving. I wouldn't have had any problem with it if it was just combat texting true uh, yes uh, and that me too i know people who probably i'm Text not how many times i would be willing to bet you i know somebody in my house that sends at least ten thousand texts a day and i'm not exaggerating that's your wife yeah absolutely <laughs> constantly texting somebody about something and the thing is how can you keep it all straight i do well yeah because she's yeah. doing her job and she's i mean she's got 27 plates spinning at the same time and they're all spinning just fine um but uh uh and, and she is like lightning with her thumb you know, and that's how I know she's doing it because I hear it. It's like some, it's like a teletype machine. It's moving faster than humans should be able to Gosh. move. And I have to one finger peck everything yeah. when I'm. That's texting. how I do it too. Oh man, yeah, she's good at it, but she texts a lot. Well, wow. it's called park the phone. Motorists are urged to avoid distractive driving, and on. Thursday, motorists can expect to see increased roving and high-visible patrols with officers on alert for hand-free violation. And actually, back in 2020, I believe it is, Indiana went hands-free. So you are not supposed to be on your right. cell phone yep. up to your ear in the car. That is distracted driving. And actually, they go on. I was reading it. They go on to distractive driving can include eating while driving. Oh, I understand. Yeah, I could Smoking see that. while driving. Listening to loud music while driving. Uh, video blogging. I, I, I occasionally have to do a, a drive-by shooting of photographs. On accident scenes, that is not good. So, um, yeah, <laughs> just be prepared that they could be out there. And obviously, it shows that younger drivers um, have an obsession, actually, using handheld electronic devices. Really? So, those aged 16 to 24 
have a higher rate than older drivers. <laughs> oh, just, you know, know that it, 2020, Indiana passed a distractive driving law, and it means you can only use hands-free devices, which I do have hands-free in my car, but I don't typically use it. I just, you know, I just push the button on my phone and tell her, call so-and-so. Right. She calls so-and-so, and then, I, I, you know, I do hands-free with my phone, but not through my car. The Oh, the, yeah, yeah the, so, the over speaker, the, yeah. you know, so. I don't know. Just be careful, folks. Don't want to get in trouble. No. Tomorrow's a big day. Not a good idea. Yeah. All right, Rusty, why don't we take our first break of the morning? We can do that, and I got lottery tickets to give oh, away. Oh, so good deal. We got scratch-offs. Okay. If you've won scratch-offs, you and someone in your family. You got a few or just one, or uh, what do you got there? Got three, I think. No, wait a minute. One, two. I've got a $5 and a $10. Oh. So you've got two scratch-offs coming your way if you are caller number. Oh, no, I'm not taking that. Just remember, though, we do ask that you wait six months. Yep. If you're a lottery ticket winner, that we ask that you wait six months to give somebody else a chance. These are always hot tickets. Yes, they are. Uh, six. Five, seven, four, nine, three, six, four, zero, nine, six. Call her six. Five, seven, four, nine, three, six. Four zero nine six. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. The Belmart BP Station at the corner of Michigan and Jefferson Streets in downtown Plymouth not only provides BP fuel to keep you moving down the road, but they can also keep you moving throughout the day. Some gas can cause nasty dirt deposits to build up on critical engine parts, dragging your fuel economy down and leading to unexpected trips to the mechanic. All grades of BP gasoline have Invigorator, a cleaning agent that helps defend your engine against dirt to give you more miles to the tank, and that means more easygoing for you. And how about the fuel you put in your own tank? The Belmart BP station has Gatorade Thirst Quencher, two for $3.50, or the new Baya Boost. It's a Wonder Water, a plant-based energy drink, two for $4. Check out the Belmart Coffee Bar with hyper-caffeinated Jamaica Me Crazy, Blueberry Muffin, or Decaf Coffee. Plymouth Belmart BP opens at 4 a.m. for all you early birds. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, no taxes, and no hidden cost. What they say is what you pay. Apex Waste is not only a local, family-owned and operated company, but a company dedicated to reliable, friendly service, meeting and exceeding expectations. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. I'm just an addict looking for some job. 
cell phone out and dial 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647 and be part of the show. Now let's get back to what's your opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. There you go. I, I think this is a song about you, Rusty. Exactly. We're talking about the, you know, your blood type is caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. 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 IV of espresso. That's my wild weekend. Uh, yeah. You're caffeinated. Do we have a winner? Yes, we do. Debbie is our winner. So, Debbie, you'll be scratching. Well, you'll be yes. good scratching, not bad scratching. So, uh, <laughs> And uh, you will be uh, given a chance to win some money. If you do win, call us. We'd like to know. We always like knowing somebody was happy. So. And thank you to the Hoosier Lottery for those scratch-off tickets. Very much so. Rusty, we have guests in the studio with us this morning. Steve Harper is yes. here. Good morning. Good morning. Steve is uh, currently uh, sits on the county council. He represents District 4, and he is running for re-election and has a challenger in the May primary. So he's out on the campaign trail. That's right. <laughs> so first thing I'm going to ask you, can uh, and this might be difficult, can you explain District 4? Because only the people who live in your district get the opportunity to vote for you. Oh, yes, I can, because I was on the uh, election board for 20 <laughs> years, and I got to draw these lines twice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, I am all of City of Plymouth, it's center one through four, and then um, uh, center eight, which is kind of like uh, Muckshaw on the west side all the way down to 14th Road. <gasps> Then that, that's where I live, Muckshaw, yes. <laughs> and I live on the west side of the road. Yes, just okay. barely. We drew it that way. <laughs> right. Very, perfect. So I get to vote for you. So um, I, you know, I mean, I know you, Steve. I, I've seen you at a lot of events. I, I know you're a car enthusiast, and I know you're an appraiser, and I know that you have grandkids because we're friends on, well, I'm friends with your wife on Facebook, so... Uh, but for our listeners, they need to know a little bit about you. So where did you graduate from? Plymouth High School? Sure. Um, no, I... Uh, no! I, I was No, what? sorry. I, I was born in Bremen, and I grew up just north of Plymouth on the other sides of the tracks. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so I went to LaVille. Oh, okay. I remember those days. The track was <laughs> yep. a dividing line. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and then from there, I, I went to Bethany College for a short period of time where I studied economics. And then I came back and uh, graduated from IUSB and, um, uh, 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 geez, <laughs> business administration. So okay, um, and you you are a, a small business owner basically here in town. You operate your own business. Yes, um, I started my real estate career in '79 and 
if you guys know that, that was when the interest rates were like really, really high. And so, and, and I became a broker in 85 and then uh, an appraiser in 1990. So I've been a real estate appraiser for 32 years, self-employed. I work for all the local banks. So uh, yeah, my education, my background gives me, you know, a, a lot of time to work with numbers and, and and numbers other... <laughs> rusty he, he likes numbers oh, i'm a numbers guy uh, yeah no all he's about. not at yeah. all <laughs> yeah but you know what I, I skipped over so we have to go back a little bit because after high school you went on to college somewhere along the line you met your sweetheart so we have to find out a little bit about that. Absolutely. So, because uh, I think she's a better vote getter than I am, to tell you the <laughs> truth. So, um, but uh, yeah, I met my my wife is from Culver, Brenda, oh. and uh, she uh, we met uh, between when I had left college and while I was attending IUSB, and uh, we uh, were married in 1985, and. Uh, we have two children, uh, a, a son and a daughter, and they both attended Plymouth. Uh, okay. We lived in Plymouth that whole time, and uh, they both have a boy and a girl, uh, so we have two, oh. two kids and four grandkids. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, we should say that your wife worked for the county. Yes, she did for 16 years. She recently retired and uh, is traveling around looking at the grandkids. <laughs> Spending her retirement, enjoying her grandkids. That's right. Lucky her. So your business now, um, you're an appraiser. Mm -hmm. So when somebody wants to buy a house, uh, the bank calls to say, hey, you know, they want $240,000 for this house. Can you go out there and see if it's worth it? Is that basically what you do uh primarily my customer base is banks and yeah i am part of the loan process and and once that loan's started then they hire me to to for that part of it and but i deal with uh estates and i deal with divorces <laughs> anytime that there are needs of value uh yeah so how do you how do you determine? I mean, how do you figure out when you walk into a house and, and do you have already like um, an idea of a value of this house? I mean, have you looked it up like online to look at what the county is assessing it at or something like that? And then you go in and go, whoa, they they need new carpet in here, and oh, they're gonna have somebody's gonna have to come in here and repaint this whole thing, and. Oh, this smells like cigarettes. This is going to be hard to sell. Um, well, first of all, I'm not a home inspector, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I um, I go out, I measure the house, I take pictures, I draw floor plans, and and overall note the condition and the the quality of the home, and then try to find other homes around that uh, that have sold for that are similar to those items. So. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out like you know it, for somebody out there who knows they want to sell their house we'll say and and would you would they call you and say hey Steve I want to sell my house can you come and give me an idea of what the value of my house is well yeah that happens a lot um, okay yeah uh, right now we don't do too much of that only because we're so overwhelmed with the bank loans the market is really yes crazy right now and yes. houses are selling 
typically fast and typically, uh, we'll just say that $240,000 house used to be, it was $240,000. You come in and say, I'll give you two hundred and thirty thousand, and they'd come back. Ah, how about two hundred thirty-five? And then you'd agree and sell it. Now it's two hundred forty. I'll give you two hundred sixty thousand, and you get outbid because somebody else comes in and says, "I'll give you two hundred sixty-five or seventy thousand." Yes, so yeah, it, it's it, really a, a seller's market right now. Well, we've had uh, over the last twelve months twelve percent increase in the house prices and then over an 11 percent increase over a 12 percent increase so the last three years have been very good that's crazy but but basically this is like you're you're a home occupant you don't have a business you don't have a storefront downtown i used to um but uh I decided to move my practice back home, and, and I pretty much just work out of my house. And and do you work by yourself, or do you have an assistant or a helper? Or? Well, my wife's my bill collector. So. Well, that's good. Okay. <laughs> She's good at that because she did a lot of stuff uh, like, well, she wasn't so much a bill collector at the county, but she took care of the bills at the county. So, But prior to that, she was at Culver Military Academy where she oh. did do that. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, uh, but she handles the book part of it, and, uh, okay. yeah, I work pretty much by wow. myself. All right. That's cool. So you're running for county council. Um, you have already – you've been on the council, off the council, and back on the council. Correct. So let's talk a little bit about that whole process. I went on the council in 1992, and then 1990, well, it would have been, uh, I, yeah, uh, no, not 1992, it was 2012, I'm very sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, 2012, and then in 2015, there was a, uh, that was an at-large, I was at-large, and there was a, a, a very big primary race, uh, one of the councilman had decided to run for a different office, uh, Rex Gilliand, and then um, that left a spot open, and for some reason it brought out six very qualified people. Lots and, of interest. Well, yeah, there was, you know, a, a, a former sheriff, a former commissioner, a, a former uh, a, a auditor, a former wow. clerk treasurer, Good. and myself, and that uh, was a, a presidential year primary, and there was about 10,000 votes, and I came up about 200, 200 votes shy. I came in fourth out of the six, and then you need okay. to be in the top three. So All right. Then so I was reappointed. Then, then you stepped back. Right. And then Judy Stone decided to, to relocate, so she uh, asked and me if I'd like to run, and I, I ran and caucused in. Her term, she, she left the community before her term was up, so Correct. we needed to fill that vacancy. All right, so you've been in. You've got the experience, but now you've got to run again for another four years. Sure. Um, on a county council, there is no term limits, though, are there? So there is not. You can run and be on forever if you wanted to. So, yeah, that's, I, you know, it's a, it's a job that once you're in, it, it, there's a learning curve to it. And once you're in, it takes a lot to to get it ramped up and so you know people who are there usually stay there for at least three or four terms you you talk about that learning curve i i don't think people actually totally understand 
what the county council does and what they're all about. I know the first term I was there, I sure didn't, that's for sure. Yeah, we oversee the budgets. We do not make policy. We only oversee the budgets. Um, now you can influence policy through budgets, but for the most part, we don't, we have nothing to do with policy. We have 75 different budgets. Uh, last year, our total budget requests were $31,357,000. Yes. million. Okay. Yes. And on top of that, then we have a lot of other things. We appoint people to different boards. Um, we uh, uh, have different requests come before us, like CMA came before us because they use our credit rating as far, part of their bonding process, which was a new one to me. And <laughs> that one, you know, so there's, there's a lot of avenues that we, we touched that I never realized. So when you talk about the budget, we'll say, um, it's it, the, once a year, all of the department heads um, put together their wish budget for the next year. A and they put in their wishes. Um, some are needs and some are wants. And they put those into the budget. And then we come up with, you said, a budget of $31 million. We don't have uh, quite that kind of money in, in the county budgets. So... Uh, you go through a budgeting process that really is intense and, and it's long. It takes, by the time, by the time we really start, she's, the, she puts out the budget request in June. Yes, it'll be soon, yeah. June. So, and then we do the budget. We look at the budget good in August. And that's like a day long event where it's open to the public and the department heads come in and talk about their budget and um, what they want and why they want it. They they try they try to sell the sell the budget to you guys. Absolutely, uh, we have very good office holders, and most of them, you know, we know well before the budget hearing what things that they're that that are more their wish list than what their needs are because it's it's really a two-way street we we need to come up with the monies for the things that are absolutely necessary and and uh you know and then be able to obligate uh, oblige the other wish list if there's so there, there's money and you got to remember we're doing this off of projected incomes <laughs> uh in august we have no idea what our what our um uh intake is going to be next year i mean you can look at what you got this year and then you can kind of think okay well business was pretty good nobody was laying off so we can ex and, and then if business has been great i mean because you, you get around in the community and right. obviously in your position you kind of know what's happening so you can you kind of estimate okay this is what we made this or revenue we can't got last year so we'll estimate that that's the revenue that we'll get this year. Um, the state eventually does send you some information to kind right. of say, okay, this is where you are, although it's past the budget process already. Right. The, the, we get funding basically from two different places. We get property taxes, which stays pretty stable. As you can imagine, you know, property 
prices either are usually pretty level or gradually going up. This is an unusual period we're in now. And then the second part is what's called local income tax. And that's the one that, that's the part that varies a lot. And you just never know exactly where it's going to be. Right. And believe it or not, it doesn't have a lot to do with the unemployment. It has more to do with the total number of people employed, which that number changes. And so the unemployment rate sounds really low, although the unemployment hasn't changed, just the other number has changed. So you like it when more people are working. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it helps the county <laughs> it financially. Does. So, so... Um, after sitting down with department heads and and hearing their now I, I, we I do want to say you say usually we kind of know ahead of time if there's something big correct um, part of that falls into the liaisons um, all of the council members are liaisons to different departments uh, in the county and um, a, a, a good liaison actually will sit down and spend some time with their department head or call them or something like that. Or many times uh, it's kind of the other way around. They know something's going on. They call their liaison. We go in, we chat with them, and uh, then we take that message to the council. And so if, if uh, give me a couple of your departments that you, um, you have. I'm the clerk. I have uh, the park board. Um, I have. Well, the park board's a great one. Um, because the park board is a new one. Yes. Um, it, it's a new department that the county has that has been created. And when they were in their infancy, they had no budget. So last year during the budget process, they actually came in and presented a budget request for this year. And um, you kind of met with them ahead of time to get had an idea of, what it was going to be so yeah the last year was um it was one of those times when we didn't have a lot to cut out of the budget so yes it was a good time for the park board to be formed so. <laughs> very good and uh a liaison meets or hears from their department if you don't hear from your department do you just assume that everything's going cool or some offices are more dynamic than the others. You know, like the park board, they're going to come to me. There's really no reason for me to go to them um, because there's, it's just, they're, it's too new. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, eventually, every once in a while, yeah, I'll just go down my list and just drop into their offices. And so the clerk is one of yours, um, and the clerk handles the election. Yes. Um, and so... The election board, then they're the ones who typically have to spend sometimes a lot of money to, to upgrade or that kind of stuff. I think, well, I shouldn't say that. Yes, some of the stuff has been really mandated to us lately, like uh, you know, the printer additions to the machines, right. which is a big cost. Uh, and the ever since the 2000 election... Um, that whole scenario has been moving, you know, the, uh, the security, the, the, the types of machines huh. that can be used and the way we vote and now, you know, the absentee voting and, and so much of it, you know, it's, it's really changing. It's really fluid. And it comes, it comes, the mandates come from the state yes. to the clerk. And then basically she's 
forced to implement them if if it means that we have to spend money to meet the mandates then that's what we have to do that's right there's really no option sometimes there's you know usually there's grants that are uh, that are usually will help cover some of the costs but a lot of it's you know and you think of the amount of money that we have sitting there in voting machines that gets used once or twice a year you know and and but we have to keep it current and we have to do the updates and we have to do the software maintenance and all that it's it's and even taking care of those machines and the storage i can remember where they had to get cameras yes to make sure that you know they're they're in a locked room they're in a secure room but now now it was required that we need to have some cameras to make sure that everything is secure and which is very interesting because the there's three people on that on that board, a, a Republican, Democrat, and the clerk. And so the Republican has a key and the Democrat has a key. And they both have to be there at the same time to to access. Pretty interesting. <laughs> but uh, so, so, you know, uh, uh, not only do you're meeting, uh, being a county council member is just not like, oh, oh look, it's the, the Monday of the month. It's the third monday of the month no second monday of the month second second monday, monday of the month i gotta go to a meeting today it's not really just no. one meeting a month no it's it's not and we've had a lot of things going on recently with um the um, um the arp money the for and the covid um restrictions and all that kind of stuff we've had lots of meetings um we um do the uh, salary ordinance, so we have to, um, you know, do work with that uh, part of it. And actually, I forgot my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> Take an estimate, and this is going to be hard because it it kind of varies. But what do you think on an uh, on an average month hours you spend in the county council business? Oh, you know, in a month you know easily 20 to 25 and you know there's then you get to a budget month and then you get to a budget month where you're going to spend you know <laughs> that those two weeks there that leading up to the budget because you have to sit there in your free time and go through the budget and see you know make notes decide when because when you get there you want to be prepared for things that you're going to cut out because it's a really interesting process you can't add you can only cut out exactly so it, it, you're you're going through the budget. You're looking at this year's budget and last year's budget or the request. Well, you're looking at you're probably looking at at least the current budget, the requests that are being asked, and the compare and then you're comparing them to see who's increased more. I, there are there's I can remember back, and you might have been on the council at that point. There was one department that like always just like. Oh, I'm just going to increase everything by 5%. And they would go down. And every little line item was increased by 5%. And yes. there were council members that said, uh-uh, we're not doing that. And yeah. then you go back in. And, and uh, I can remember a couple of times when we had new people on board that increase, tried to increase their budgets by 50 60%. And, you know, it just wasn't going to work. We've also, over the past, we've had, like, department heads who say, I don't want my salary increase, so I'm going to take my salary increase and divide it between my staff so that they can have 
an increase. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way either. Right. And the salary ordinance back, you know, that's, um, we, things are even across the board. Um, so we, we, uh, the pays are, are, are by, um, by category, not so much by person. So that, that's something that changed. It's part of the bigger plan yes you know i'm very big on on you know plans and and part of the plan was to get these even across the board and we we hired uh, a consulting firm to help us with that so that you know we're not showing favoritism to this person or to this person but you know this is the qualifications and and responsibilities of your job and that's what and the the job the uh, wages based on that. I, I, I won't say this correctly, um, but we'll just, because I'm old school, but a secretary in the clerk's office and a secretary at the county highway are now making the same amount of money, we'll say, when back in the day, the, there really wasn't that that stability that everybody you know these are your duties oh you well, these are your duties they're the same so you should be paid the same right um and so the county council has worked uh for several years to try and bring some of those up and hold some of those in place the higher p things in place so there yes it came across as it, you froze the the salary <laughs> or for some people but right. that's because they were at the top of the list and we were trying to bring the rest of the county that held similar jobs up to that equal. And, and that's the hard part of it because, you know, feelings do get hurt over things like that. And, and you know, it's, we try to explain it, and, and, but, you know, those, those are some of the, the casualties of, of the situation. It, it certainly is. So... Um, now, sometimes being on the county council also means um, that it's not just at one meeting that you actually get put on like a committee, and and so there you're maybe a, a separate committee. Well, I'll just I'll just pull out insurance, we'll say, and so you know this committee is figuring trying to figure out you know insurance costs or if we're going to go to market and what that's going to turn into. So I don't I want people to understand that a, a council member is not just a oh. one meeting a month type situation no i'm on the arp committee um, oh. yeah and uh, we had many meetings uh, trying to figure out just how this whole plan is supposed to be laid out and it, we would thought we were going in the right direction and then they would change the rules on us and uh so, you know, that's changed several times. I used to be on the personnel committee. That's a toughie. That's the one we were just talking mm -hmm. about. And, but when I left the council, when Judy wasn't on it. So when I came back on, I was no longer on the personnel committee. So, um, And that's another thing. Um, if When you step into the council seat, you step into that person's duties. So if you're a liaison to this and this and this and this, it doesn't matter if you you know you know nothing about it. You're a liaison on onto that, at least until the next year, and then you guys 
kind of make a, you know, have the opportunity to change them around if you want. Right. And I remember the first time I came on, you know, and I took the time to go to each of my uh, liaisons. And I think I have seven or eight. Um, uh, I keep a list. And I tried to, you know, I, I went to introduce myself and, you know, listen to what their problems were. And, and I was uh, Mar Michael Marshall's at the time, uh, the first oh, time. IT. Yes. <laughs> and so there was always a problem. Not, yeah. not Michael's very qualified. Don't get me wrong. I didn't. Well, he always way. needs money. There was always something happening in his in his department. Right. And, and usually it meant we need we needed to spend more money for upgrading the computers or security software and that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, in his situation, it, it's constantly changing. It's constantly changing. So. And you're not, are you a tech, are you tech guy? Um, do you know, I, like, when he talks about servers in the cloud and all this stuff, do you understand him? Yes, my my business is very tech-based. Oh, wow. Well, that's, so. that's a lucky thing. <laughs> but, um, so, sitting, uh, let's talk about this ARP committee a little bit, because... Um, the county it will be getting when it's done by next month. Actually, we should get our second right. uh, disbursement of funds. Um, nearly nine million dollars. Um, and I can remember when this initially came down from the federal government and then through the state. Um, they said, "Here's here's your money, and this is how we want you to spend it on infrastructure, water, sewer." and broadband right now a lot of us think infrastructure our roads but this money was basically earmarked and it said no no road works right and first of all the reason that was is because they were trying to pass an infrastructure bill at the same time and they figured all of those things would fall under the infrastructure bill which you know has been held up or yeah i can't remember but that at the federal level but uh um, so they decided that it would be these certain things, and um, then they decided that there would be this other category that was called less, lost revenues. And, but it was so vague that nobody really knew what they meant by that. And then they came out with a qualification, or um, uh, they just said that if, if your ARPA's money is under $10 million, that you could apply it all to lost revenues. So, but we still have to have a plan. It didn't, it didn't keep us from having a plan. So, and I think the commissioners just passed that plan. They did and on Monday. And that'll be coming before us on Monday. Uh, and it's, it's really, a very, it's very It's broad. a very little plan that it, doesn't really, t you know, the, the city passed theirs a couple of weeks ago. And I, really, that's what your plan is? Uh, but, but that's all the government wants is basically, and I think the city says, we will spend our money as the the government has, you know, the feds have told us to, basically. You guys put a little bit more in and, and picked a, a couple of broad areas where you wanted to put money in. Yeah, and we're really looking at, you know, things in the community that really do need to be served. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, but we were still, uh, we were coached through this and, and even those things are still quite general there's no dollar amounts to anything right the plan basically says we're gonna oh i, I just approved it we just talked about it but i can't remember what it's but it's like three there's there's the lost revenues mm -hmm. and that's open i mean that's lost revenues that the county has lost correct can you 
it's over a million dollars, is it not? Do you that we lost? Yes. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, overall, the way things went, probably get myself in trouble. But our revenues actually climbed during that period. It was it was relatively kind of odd, but we are looking at this year at revenues maybe decreasing so well and that's the one thing they've talked about um with this pandemic that it the impact would it would take some time now we do know like at the county highway department that that in 20 especially 2020 um and in the beginning of 2021 uh, you know people were stuck at home you couldn't go to work and you couldn't go shopping you couldn't go to the movie or on vacation so gasoline revenues went down and right. that would have had a negative impact on the highway department. So while the county in general was doing okay, you could see lost revenues. Right. And, and that's where we had um, the community crossing grants and, and um, we, had, we had money that we hadn't spent that we were able to to match those community crossing grants and still continue on with our road program um well that's an another thing that um <laughs> the county commissioners approve a road program each year that is presented to them by the superintendent of the roads and then the superintendent has to bring his road program to the council and say, okay, here, here's the plan for this year. The commissioners approved it. Will you fund it? Is basically how it happens. Or sometimes, can you fund it? Yep. So, but uh, the road plan, um, I came on in 2012, like I said, and, and at that time, uh, the, our roads were really in a valley, and uh, we did not have a, a, a road plan per se. And uh, so it was during that period of time, and I signed on to that plan that we came up with in 2016 um, I was one of the councilmen that signed on to that highway plan that uh, we that includes the the Pazer test and uh, the matrix of you know how many people travel this road and what condition it is in and that's how the roads get pri prioritized that was put in place in 2015 uh, 2016 and that's the plan we've been following ever since and that's the plan we're trying to follow and you know it it's a plan that doesn't show favoritism you know this road has this many cars and has this many potholes so this is the one that needs to be worked on and so he brings the plan um and it, it shows it to you guys and and then if you can find the funding you fund the plan obviously um jason kind of has various money too that comes out of various pots because <clears throat> while he gets money from the state from the road taxes that part of that money goes into a fund that it's split two ways yeah and what are the name of those two the one is uh, restricted and non-restricted yeah and you sometimes you'll see large transfers come in front of the county uh the county council and it's those those transfers aren't what they really seem because all we're doing is we only can keep so much in the in the non-restricted and so much of it has to be in the restricted so sometimes we're moving monies back and forth just to keep that balance in place and for the road plan some of that money what was happening not here 
But what was happening in some locations around the state was the money they were sending, you know, the road money to the highway departments and the highway departments were 80% administrative and 20% roads. Spending it in the office (laughs) and and not on the roads. Right. And And so that's then why the state came down and said, okay, so much of this goes into this fund that is restricted use is only for doing taking care of roads correct and then the other part is is the office part and and that kind of stuff right um so it it is another one of those processes that you have to go through um uh, you know another thing the county council does where they're sitting there on their monthly meeting um people have to come in and ask for additional appropriations not just transfers which is a lot of times transfers I don't even worry about transfers because it's their their money in their bucket, their budget, and they're basically moving it from this bucket to that bucket. The problem is it comes out of a category. So in the right. top part is, you know, your Social Security, your hourly wages, and that kind of stuff. And we'll say you have an employee quit and you decide not to fill that place. Well, you have that money there so you can actually transfer the rest of that salary into another line item if you need that you have some unexpected expense and a copier breaks down right you could transfer that now if in the supplies and that budget if you're doing a transfer within category you don't have to get permission unless it's over five thousand dollars okay right that was a resolution that went in the first time i was on the council that was quite controversial so (laughs) okay (laughs) um so um, additional appropriations are a little bit different. Additionals means that money was never was never meant to be spent. That was some extra money we got to come up with somewhere, and we do have reserves in our general fund, and that's usually where it comes from. But sometimes those additionals are quite large, uh, and uh, you know we have to take them out of rainy day. I mean that's what rainy day is designed for, rainy days, and uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm trying to think, I, the most recent one I can think of was, you know, additional was $600,000 for the 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 new uh, consoles at the jail. Um, the ones that we had were put in when the jail was built. And they 15 needed, years ago? Yes, and needs to be updated. So, well, that's, it's closer to 20 years, isn't it? They were 25-year bonds. and Oh, I thought well, they were 20-year bonds. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's 15. Okay. A- anyway, um, now, why couldn't the sheriff budget that into, we'll say, whenever it was. The, he got it last year, I think. And it's, it's, no, it's in process right now. So okay. He, he got the money just a, or we, in appropriate. January, just, early yeah. in the year. Okay. Um, but... If he knew that that was going to, you know, he wanted to do that, why didn't he put that in the budget for this year? There again, I'm, we're not in the policy making end of it. We're just in the, and I, I guess that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well, sure. Well, it would make a huge impact on his budget. Well, the, the county council's eyes would pop out of their Well, head. let's just say that uh, the budget, uh, that would have put the budget over. And, you know, we'd have to send a, def, a, a budget where we're having deficit spending down to the State Board of Accounts. 
where we can take that out of the budget and we know that we have the reserves, then we can add it back in at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year. Okay. So sometimes it's easier that that way to because know something's coming and just say, okay, we'll just deal with it the next year. Right. It, it, it's outside the budget. I, only, only, and you can only do that is, is if you keep reserves back. So, so some people think you have too much money sitting around. We'll say, um, you have to have money. We have for other other things besides a rainy day. We, we have the highway department. We have uh, we have the courts, and we have the 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 the, 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 the county building, and we have uh, you know cars, and we have. <laughs> you know um big trucks and we have all sorts of things that we take on in the county you know and it is not it, you know without not having a plan you could go through those monies very 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 fast and it's very 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 hard to put them back in place once they're gone i can definitely see that you're a, a plan kind of guy <laughs> absolutely uh, like a plan and work my plan um Talk a minute, you know, what also happens uh, for department heads is if they want to apply for a grant, they come before you. Um, part of that is just to make sure that the clerk has the information so that when, when money kind of comes floating in in the, in the mail or into the bank account, they're like, uh, what's this money for? And then, oh, I, I, fi I filed for uh, a, a grant and I got it. Well, she right. knows nothing about it. Well, and it's even bigger than that because she's responsible to the state <laughs> for those funds, whether she knows they're, they're there or not. And so that's a way of getting those 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 grants on the record, um, so that we know that what's being applied for, and and you know if they're going to be adding positions or or whatever. And I'm going to bring up something that's has been a little bit controversial, um, and strings strings attached to grants um in particular this one uh, was for the health department but in my my personal vision every every single grant that comes in to the county or to the city has strings attached to it one way or another, you know, some of them can just be simple reporting back on how you spend it, um, but they all have some kind of strings. That one was a very difficult vote for me. Um, I, I thought that one through a, a lot. And um, like I had told in the council meeting that, uh, you know, I had had COVID. I had, I had been vaccinated and I still got COVID. I, I got the the oh, infusion yeah. um and uh, but uh, you know another part of that process was that my daughter is a school teacher and the this was for contact tracing and i found one of the hardest parts about having covid was the contact tracing i was with such and such and <laughs> you know so here i am you know putting a damper on their lives when they may or may not ever even get it and then and, and it my daughter was telling me the kind of problems it caused in the school system with the contact tracing. And so when it came down to it, I thought, you know, this is just one, one of those that maybe that, you know, 
we should be able to do this one on our own and not have have the federal strings attached to it. But but you would agree that all grants have, every have, grant has strings to it. Every last grant has strings to it. Yes, and you got to look at them. Yeah, you really do. Um, because I mean, we do get a million dollar grant from the feds and the state uh, to work on our roads, and there's never been any question about. Not a, not applying for or accepting the, the, the million dollars. The community crossing each year. grants, yeah, yeah. You know, every one of them does. Like I said, that was a really tough vote for me, and, and I know that a lot of the other council felt differently. But those were my thoughts on it. And, and you know, I, while a lot of the votes do go six zero or seven zero on the council, you know, there there are times when they're they're very split too. Um, you know, and, well, and you kind of talked about it. I mean, you spent time looking at that grant and reviewing it and making your decision before the meeting. So you probably spent hours toiling over this and wondering, you know, trying to figure out how I actually wanted to vote. Right. And, and you know, and, and there are tough votes like that all the time. You know, there, there's it's not just, you know yay or nay that uh, you know we give you $200 or we give you a million dollars or whatever you know there's a lot more that goes in behind it um, another thing I want to ask you about that has come up uh, in the council meetings recently um, and that is that uh, we need to move our meetings tonight that the citizens just don't have the opportunity to come to the meetings it's quite a discussion um, for me um, I am self-employed uh, and so while it's not convenient for me, I will make whatever time it takes because I've decided to run the council and I will take the time that it takes to do that. During the discussion, um, it was said that uh, even if we did move the meetings to Monday night or whatever night, Tuesday night, whatever night they had proposed, that they still didn't anticipate any greater public input. And I thought that kind of weird for the person to do that to say that say that and I think I expressed that in the council but other reasons not to move it and, and, I, and like I said I'm not I'm not bent on not moving it is that most of the things that we have to deal with take uh, you know time out of our office holders lives and they have to come and they sometimes come with an assistant that deals with whatever problem that we're looking at and that would have to be done on you know extra time we'd have to have security we'd have to have the building open so not that those are we, major you, costs but they are things to be considered those people who were coming in to talk about what was happening you'd either have to give them overtime or comp time for the time that they were spending right. at the meetings and i mean Sometimes the county meetings anymore are yeah, over two long. hours. Yeah, they're like <laughs> we're lucky to get out hours. of there by noon now. So yes. that's, uh, um, but uh, you know, then we have people Baker and Tilly come in and see us. You know, are they going to come in on Wednesday night, or do they want to come they're in? They're not going to be happy because that means they're definitely going to have to drive home in the dark. But. So I, there's, you know, I, I I can you know, like I said, if if we're going to have you know evening meetings that's okay i'll be there but you know i think consistency is is the best thing people know that our meetings are on monday morning 
um, and that's probably, you know, way I see it. I mean, that's the way we've set the meetings for next year, you know, so. Um, and, and we don't have, we don't have a lot of general public come to the meetings unless there's something controversial. And usually we set, meeting. we usually set any hearings for evenings. Anything special right. that could have some major controversy to it. You would conduct a special meeting right. to allow those folks. But you have to understand. I mean, if you have a morning meeting, yes, people who work days can't get to the meeting. If you have a night meeting, there are people <laughs> who work evenings, that, yes. you know, overnight. You know, I mean, you can't make it for everyone. And I'm going to tell you, I, no, I don't even know how long I've been doing this. But you don't get any more people at night meetings than you do at day meetings unless it's a big thing and then people will come out really no matter when it is because look the commissioners just had a big meeting over the sewer mm -hmm. they've had a couple of big meetings over the sure. sewer um regional sewer and uh that that day meeting was standing room only and actually some people i don't even know that got into the room actually Fortunately, we're able to stand in the hall and talk personally one-on-one -on -one with the representative. So they might got a better deal than actually coming and sitting in the room. But, you know, we had a good turnout for that. Yeah, and, and I think the podcast helped. I love the podcast. So. And I really, really do love that because um, while the meeting is live and you can watch well, if I'm at work, it's a little hard to watch the TV, the, my, my laptop when I'm supposed to be working. And so, but you guys podcast them for 30 days after. So I can go back at any point and pull up that meeting and watch it. Right. Uh, obviously, you couldn't have your input, but most meetings, you know, you don't have your input anyways, unless it's at the beginning or the end, because the meeting there is to conduct business. And you're really conducting business of the county departments Correct. with them not that what what you do isn't so much with dealing with the, the citizens you know obviously the citizens are very very important to us i mean that's why we're there but uh yeah uh, once you're in the meeting you know your citizens that you um are serving are more than the four or five people or 10 people or 50 people that are in the room mm -hmm. You know, I think there's uh, 6,000 voters in my precinct, or in my district. Wow. Okay. Um, okay, I think I've racked my brain on kind of like, you know, areas that the county council does. Uh, anything, other things that you want to let folks know about this county council position? And um, Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that we're coming... Uh, onto a, a very exciting time. Um, we're coming into an, uh, an era of things that we haven't seen since the late seventies. We're coming into uh, an inflationary period. So where they're telling us that interest rates are gonna be going up and that economies are gonna be slowing down because that's the yeah, only I way just... to fight inflation is to, is to break the back of it, which is, mm -hmm. you know, back in the days of 21%, you know, both the back of everybody so yeah <laughs> but uh, you know uh, 
we've got to be looking at these uh, at this new era. You know, uh, our area is very sensitive to to the RV market. Um, yes. With higher interest rates and higher fuel costs, uh, you know, we may be looking at. A, a lit that's half of what we have now. I mean, that would be very drastic, but you know, it, we could see some large swings in it. And I, I think we have to. I think that I'm prepared to to hand or to have be knowledgeable in those situations because of my background and my experience and uh, and my uh, uh, work in the real estate field. Well, that's the. Um one thing I mean, I've worked out there. I've seen it on the news about the upcoming a recession is on its way, basically, and so the county council has to be prepared for that. And and uh, you know, I know that our our special lit this year um, is the revenues. Last year were like three point seven million on our special lit. This year, right now, they're projected at two point nine. So, so that's a big difference. That's a big difference. Um, you know, you brought up the special lit. That is the special money. It's a quarter of a percent that is on the payroll tax. So people really never see it. You know, it's it just kind of comes out of, of their paycheck. Um, but it, it was created to basically pay the bond for the jail. Right. Um, and fortunately, we've had some really good years. And so, you know, we've been paying our jail bond every uh, or quite twice a year, I believe the payments are. Um, and then there's leftover money. Mm -hmm. And so that money has been adding up. $9,641,242. That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Um, and how much do we owe on the jail right now? $5,030,000. Ooh. So we could pay the jail bond off right now. Right. And with that, um, I was doing a calculation. Uh, the, that would give us $4,611,000 left over. Okay. But we, but we have a reserve out there of $1,113,000 that'll come back to us. It gives us 5724000 But we have appropriated, already appropriated this year, $3,749,000 in that fund which gives us $1,975,000 in reserves. Way so we don't have enough for next year's budget to with, basically to would cover those expenses with, too. With the shortfall, correct. So um, this whole deal, the commissioners looked at, and they did vote two to one uh, to move forward with refinancing. That's what I'm going to call it, refinancing the bonds. Not extending it any longer. It's still five years is what we have left to pay. Um, so, and and there was discussion about um, legislation next year. Or, Which we've been denied for two years in a row. Right. And part of that is because we probably have not enacted a wheel tax. Like they put out there and said you could do to raise money to help yourself I, I i don't know that it's that direct in that one but okay. I, I can't really say but i am in favor of of refinancing the jail bond only because and it's very very simple 
we got to have that legislation you were talking about or we can't continue to operate the jail. We just don't have the money. We can't right. put $3.7 million back into the general fund. It's not there. So if we we don't if so we have to have legislation the earliest and everybody's in consensus the earliest that we can have this legislation in place is next june we have a payment on the bond in july or august of this year of this year we have one in february next year right and then we'll have another one in july or august of next year before we can pay that bond off okay at the current four percent the and this is per Baker Tilly, that would, that would give us, we would have to, um, hang on, just let me get my right notes here. So he's got a lot of numbers <laughs> written down is, um, $274,000 is what we'll pay in interest on those next three installments. Okay. The total interest, the total interest that we'll pay if we refi over the next five years per Baker Tilly is $253,000. So there's like $20,000 more that we'll pay just by not refinancing and just pretend, hoping that the, that the legislation will come. So it, it, for me, it's a no-brainer. We save money by refinancing. Um, and there was some discussion with Baker Tilly when they were there on Monday, and I believe you were at the meeting on Monday, um, that uh, they want to take the this refinancing to a local bank, a bank here, hopefully here in Marshall County, um, and get them to do be the bondholder for that refinancing, and possibly in the negotiations for that bond financing, put in there that the the bond could be paid off early if legislation would change. I don't know what a bank's going to say. Nobody knows right now, but well, the big thing is is we got to look at that interest rate because That's... the the banks know the interest rates going up. They're not dumb. Right. So, you know, we got to get tied in at that interest rate. That's the big thing. The other things like being able to call the bond back early, we're talking 5 years. We're talking 10 installments. It's not not you know, we're, we're looking at three and a half years once we get the legislation put in place. We're not talking about a big amount of time. And we want to make this as favorable as possible. And those lending institutions, we're, believe it or not, $5 million to, to one of these people who are going to be buying these bonds up is not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a very small bond issue. Mm -hmm. So for them to make those kind of concessions, concessions for is probably us. going to be hard. And I think Baker Tilly, if you looked at their body language while we were talking, <laughs> yes. probably thought, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best and we'll try. That's kind of where I I I, I felt they were too. Like, well, we can ask them, but you know, right? And you know, the, they're very smart people that deal with way bigger items than what we're dealing with here. I I like the idea too, though, that it's going to be a local, but somebody local is going to get you know the benefit from that bond versus. Who knows who's holding it and, you know, it's divided up right now. It's not even being held by one soul. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I I think it got issued after I was off the council. Um, I was part of the re, uh, last refinance, but I don't remember when it, but I, you know, it's very likely that this could be picked up by a single, single entity and because at last time we were more like at 15 million. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting concept, but that's another issue that you have to work with the commissioners. Um, and, and you don't always have to see eye to eye, but you have to know where they're coming from. And they need to understand, you know, where you guys are financially. Well, and I think the bigger picture is that the council person themselves understands so that they can say, no, I don't like that, and here's why. Or, yes, I do like that, and here's why. And I think that's the, the thing of a council person. they gotta, they got to be able to back up their vote, vote. Uh, and it, be able to explain why they voted this yes. way. Yes. Um, so it, it's it's not an easy job. It's, you know, for what it pays. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it, it, it really is. And, I mean, you take a lot of... You know, a I, lot of guff sometimes. Well, you know, I've invested my whole life in this community, so, you know, I, I don't mind. And uh, it, and there are going to be people who disagree with the way I vote. I understand that. And I do like that um, the council is made up of districts, so we do have representation um, from around the county. Never did answer that question, did I? The reason the district is so crazy looking is because when we drew those lines, I didn't want my thought process and then my counterparts process at the time we did not want everybody to be from Plymouth and if you would have drawn those districts you could have had all your at large and then all of your districts representing Plymouth so we made Plymouth a single district so that the other three districts would represent the rest of the county ha, ha, and and so we have representation that but, comes from the southern part of the county and comes from the northern part of the county but to make that happen it made that Plymouth district and that <laughs> kind of, and that the district three look really kind of odd because it kind of wraps around Plymouth. Well, and it comes down Muckshaw and it's on, only on one side of the road. You well, know, you got to make that line somewhere. <laughs> so, I'm just glad you made where made it where it was. So I appreciate that. Okay, so we are out of time, believe it oh, or not. That went fast. It, it did. I'm shocked when I look at the clock. So before I let you out of here. Uh, you know, what do you want to tell the voters coming up? You know, people are starting to vote already because, uh, you know, early voting is underway. Um, although the May May primary is May 3rd. Uh, so what do you want to tell the voters between now and May 3rd? Well, that's the biggest thing I want to say is that please vote. I really want your vote and ask for your vote. But even if you don't ask for me, don't vote for me, please vote. Because this could be an election where in an off year election we have maybe 5,000 voters I may have a thousand voters in my district vote out of the 6,000 and would really like to see much bigger numbers than that and as your councilman I will continue to work hard and work through the issues and not just make opinions all right well Steve Harper district 4 for the County Council we're really glad that you stopped and talked with us today. And I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, let's go to break. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, no taxes, and no hidden cost. What they say is what you pay. Apex Waste is not only a local, family-owned and operated company, but a company dedicated to reliable, friendly service, meeting and exceeding expectations. Call Apex Waste at 
Apex. That's 574-896-2739. When you want to know what's going on in Marshall County, just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. cell phone out and dial 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647 and be a part of the show. Now let's get back to what's your opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. Told you I had it. Woohoo! I got several versions of this. So. Yes? Yeah. It's time for a ball game almost. Yeah. Uh, speaking of time what time is the ball game tonight uh 5 30 will be the first pitch okay so, so we'll uh, come on the air about 5 15 ish maybe yeah i'm thinking maybe after the news at the top of the hour but okay as always it depends on what time the other team gets there what time <laughs> the umpires decide to show up and usually that's up in the air until, isn't that funny yeah, i mean it, but it really is it's kind of amazing really but well it, most of it's predicated on when the other team gets there uh, right, because they got to warm you know, up. I was going to say, t- talk for a minute about that, though, because okay, we we our kids come over from after school. Right, they're they're at school. Right, I, I think they're allowed maybe to run and grab a sandwich if they want or something, sure. and then they're expected to be at the field. They have some work to do. Right, getting the field ready. Um, um, they take batting practice. Right. Usually on the field. We used to take it in the cage, but they're usually on the field, and then they got to tear all that stuff down and fix the field. Um, but if you're on the road, like when we'd go to Northridge, we'd get off the bus within five, ten minutes, we'd be playing because we were so late getting there that, you know, you had to move heaven. And if you know anything about getting loose, that ain't enough time. You, can, you really can't play catch in five or ten minutes. So, uh, yeah, well, that's just one of the things you work through when you're coaching high school baseball in Indiana. You just got to get off the bus and go. You just got to get used to it. And teams are lucky when they get there early enough to just kind of stretch out and throw and do all that stuff. But, yeah, we'll start whenever the other team gets there. And, but the, and, and they are actually allotted, I'll, I'll say, 20 minutes of field time well, or something about, like that. Yeah, about 10 feet. Depends, once again, on how late you're running. If it's not... Who determines that? Does the umpire... It just happens there? when they get there. The coaches talk about it. I mean, you know, there are times when okay. it's so tight. I mean, there are times when the home team will take it before. And I never liked that because it 
you never knew how long you were going to have a gap between taking infield and them taking infield. But, yeah, you can get about 10 minutes. It just depends on how late it's getting, 10, 15 minutes. Um, so we'll – I'm sure we'll start at 5.30. St. Joe, I think, may even be on spring break. In the past, they have been, and they were – they would beat our kids to the ballpark. They'd be on the cage hitting before anybody even got there. So. <laughs> they got there before our kids yeah. got out of school. So it uh, – which yeah. is what it is if you can do it. Then we got to get, get the time to get warmed up yeah. because they're well warmed up. Yeah, but I I don't think that'll happen tonight. But we um, should be able to start right at 530. So. Very good. Well, uh, Jim Botter will be here behind the controls oh, for you. That's right. <laughs> the veteran. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> so uh, hopefully everything flies right in. You'll hear Plymouth Bill pilgrim baseball tonight we will say they they did play on saturday yeah they did so this isn't the first game of the season no but it's the first home game of the season that's right and you know if you don't win the first home game of the season you can't sell beer at the park because you lost your opener boop. all right it wasn't even worth it yeah all right we'll 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 yeah there we go of course, they don't sell beer at Nixon. No, I was going to say, if you sell beer at there, you're probably in trouble. Not going to finish watching the game. That's a, that's the bottom line there. So anyway, <laughs> somebody right. will take you away to another place. Oh, okay. Uh, we you ready to look uh, at the time? Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I think, uh, we'll go through this. Uh, we got some names to wish a happy. Well, no, we don't. We don't oh. have any birthdays today. Not no for a couple today. of days. So, I'll have to look at my special book. I haven't looked at it lately. If you have a birthday this week, get it to us. We will uh, wish you have a birthday. You'll be eligible for four cupcakes from Blood Dessert Cafe. Also, free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. So make sure you get your name in. We also have uh, no anniversaries today. We have some coming up. That's good. If you have... Uh, an anniversary this month, get it to us. 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home is on the line Woo-hoo! at the end of the month. Trading post, we can buy some trade giveaway for items, four days, four for each other. those items, I have the Plymouth Elks Lodge Wednesday night ah. specials. So this is when this is tonight. This is tonight at the Elks Lodge. Fish basket, smoked pork chop. Ooh, that sounds interesting. The cheeseburger platter. And that includes the salad, potato, and dessert. They serve from 5 wow. to 7. Carryouts are available, so uh, get out to the okay. Elks Lodge tonight. If the, if we have ball, ball game tonight, I'm going to have to choose between the fish basket and the cheeseburger platter. That actually sounds good mm-hmm. to me. Well, that's Jim what is they, more that's the pork chop kind of guy. Yeah, that's what they got, so... Those are your choices. And Friday night, they've got all-you-can-eat fish, jumbo right. shrimp, yeah. a fish and, ship, fish and shrimp dinner, yep. or a baked pork chop dinner. Right. So they're serving Friday nights at the Elks Lodge from 5 until 8 p.m., and those dinners also include the salad, the potato, and dessert. They serve from 5 until 8 p.m., and they do have carryouts. Yes, They'll also they have a couple of baskets on uh friday night there's always a fish basket on friday night and a shrimp basket on friday night that you can choose from too yeah very good if you're not hungry especially for the all you can eat fish you can eat a lot of fish you can eat a lot (laughs) of fish on that 
Yeah. Um, usually the first plate is plenty. Uh, yeah, that's so, where I uh, am. Anyway. Okay. Right. Tomorrow. You got the calendar up? Yeah, I don't have it on, but I can flip the switch. Uh, well, it cuts off. Community Cleanup Challenge. Aha, that's right. Thursday, we'll have Randy Danielson in and Marianne Peters, and we're going to be challenging people around Marshall County to help with the cleanup. Whether it's, honestly, whether it's in your yard, your neighborhood, the park that you go to, they, they just want to see people get out. And uh, help out. Pick up some stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. That's all I got. And that's all you got from us. So uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow at 9. We do all this again. Have a great day. At Co-Alliance Propane, we treat our cup. You know your closet well, but what does it sound like? When voting for Marshall County Clerk, vote for Jenny Bennett, an eight-year employee of Marshall County. With insight into many aspects of county government, Jenny has firsthand experience working in the clerk's office, processing secure court documents, as well as valuable knowledge of the budget process. Jenny is committed to promote voter confidence in the election process and encourage Marshall County constituents to exercise their right to vote. When experience matters on May 3rd, vote for Jenny Bennett for Marshall County Clerk. This ad paid for by Jenny Bennett for Marshall County Clerk.